don't break anything, but have a great time. <laughs> I heard no promises from one of you. Smart. So, Hey, like I said, we have the honor of hearing from Chris Feathers tonight. I'm going to go ahead and welcome him to the stage. Give him a round of applause. As he's coming up, I'd love to just say a quick prayer for him here tonight. Father, I pray that you'll speak through Chris. Thank you for his willingness, his faithfulness, his obedience. I pray that you'll bless this message. I pray that it'll be your message spoken through him here tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Absolutely. Well, Happy New Year. I haven't had a chance to wish you a Happy New Year. Glad that you're here tonight. I am a standing in front of you as a contradiction. On this side, I'm very excited about what's about to take place. On this side, I'm about to throw up. So just pray for me that God will just calm my spirit and, and get me through this. Um, as you can tell by looking at me, I'm, I'm not very athletic, and I'm not a runner. Physically, I'm not a runner. But I will tell you that spiritually, I have been a runner. I have avoided this for a long time. I have been approached for years about being a small group leader. I always had a great excuse, or what I thought was a great excuse, and I always got away with it, and I kept pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. Ended up deciding that, man, you know what, I can't keep running. I just got to give in to this thing, or I'm never going to have any peace. I'm never going to be happy. One of the greatest things I could have ever done was open up to God's call for me to be a small group leader. I have a great small group. They're very supportive of me. I know that they're there praying for me right now in the, in the congregation tonight, and so I appreciate that. But I've also been a runner because I've been asked to come and speak multiple times as well, and I've been pretty good about making excuses for that and thinking about there's just no way I can do that. I think they're tr uh, they, they've been misled to think, okay, I'm an educator, right? I'm an assistant principal. Used to be in the classroom, so they think I can get up in front of people and talk, and it's easy. Well, that's a lie. Okay, so I think they thought that. So, but you know what? I just kept, it just kept eating at me. And I remember when I was in small group, I just said, guys, you know what? I think God's just, man, he's opening the door for me to do that. So I can't keep running from it. So I'm going to just go ahead and make myself available. And then let God just do the rest. And so that's where we are here tonight, folks. I don't know what you're going to get. I don't, but I just know this, that God's good. Regardless of the outcome of what I've done here tonight, God is good. And I want you to understand that, okay? So let me go ahead and do this. Um, I've got some, some, some pretext here that I've got to give you and about who I am. Yeah, I'm Chris Feathers. It's funny because when Dave was, David uh, Eldridge was getting ready to pray and he mentioned Chris was going to speak, I heard people go, who's Chris? Who's Chris? Well, I'm Chris. This is me. But there's more to Chris than what you just see right here, okay? First of all, you just need to know I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's it. At its core, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm no better than anybody sitting here under my voice. I'm not a biblical scholar or a theologian. I'm not. I'm walking in my walk with Christ just like you are, and I strive every day to be the best that I can. You know, Dallas talked about it Sunday. I must decrease 
so that he can increase. So I try to live my life to where I bring glory and honor to him and that others might be drawn to him. And we'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, I don't have any formal training, so I might be a little raw. Uh, God is not concerned about my ability. He is more interested in my availability. So God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And so I'm hoping that he's done that for me tonight. If not, remember, it's not my fault. <laughs> this message is as much for me as anyone else. So I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me, and I'm just allowing you to listen in. Because this is really through this study and what I'm going to talk about tonight. This is God speaking to me in my own personal life. And hopefully I can share that with you, and you can take something from that. Because if we're not here to do that, and we're not open to what God has for us, and we're not open to receive, then we really probably just wasted our time by being here tonight, right? So I'm praying that this is not going to be a waste of your time. Uh, and then the most importantly, it's not about me. It's about God. That's it. It's all about God. So before we get started, let's just do it. I know we've prayed a lot, but that's good because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So let's pray again before I get started. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. And Lord, I just pray that you would just inhabit this place, God, and that your spirit would move freely about us as we listen and as I speak tonight. God, I commit this service to you. Lord, I just pray that as I speak that, Father, you would just, again, open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you would have for us tonight. God, just hide me behind the cross of Calvary that we might see Jesus tonight because, God, it is all about you. And everything that's accomplished here tonight, Lord, we're just going to give you the glory and honor and the praise for it. God, I've got nothing to offer but the truth of your word. And, Lord, I know the truth of your word is powerful, Father, and if we receive it, that it can change our lives. And so that that's all what I ask for tonight. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, what I'm going to do tonight is a little bit different. If you are in a small group, you know that we typically read a book. We'll do a book study together in our small groups. And so this past quarter, we read Francis Chan, Letters to the Church. And there's a lot to unpack in this book. And so you see I've got a lot to get through tonight. So I, mm, you might be here a little while. No, I'm just kidding. Those are just things that I've, I've marked as I've studied the book. Uh, but, you know, I talked to Matt one night, and I've talked to Dallas, and I said, you know, we, take, we, 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 have, these, we have these book studies I said, we all go to our own small groups, but I said, we never come back together and tie it all together. I know that there's great conversations happening in every, in every home where these, these are taking place. I mean, why don't we, why don't we connect it to back together and, and, and find a ways to apply it, not only to our own individual lives, but to the church? And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. And so what I've done is I've went back through the book, and I've really looked at three different ways that we can, as a church apply this and hopefully as we move into the new year I'm going to issue you some challenges not a challenge that you have to overcome but a challenge that you would seek to do better in the new year Dallas talked about you know how we you know New Year's resolutions and those don't always work so he talked about setting goals and then the so that I set this goal and you talked about scripture reading more and you talk about praying more, all the things that Francis Chan talks about in God's design for the church. And so it's one of those things where I want to challenge us to think about 
these things as we move into the new year. God set it up perfect. Dallas's message really kind of lends itself to what we're talking about. And then I was sitting here Sunday, and I remembered the mission in, of, of our church is to what? To love God, love people, make disciples. And I thought about the three takeaways from this book, and you know what? It matches perfectly, and I did not plan for that. So that is truly a God thing right there. So God is good. So let me start real quick with the, with the first point. And in this book, Francis Chan does a comparison, and he's looking at God's design for the church, and then he compares it to the American church or the church today, and he looks at the differences in how those two churches operate. Okay, so the first thing he talks about is sacred. And then he asks this question, he says, is God enough? And so, you know, I thought about that. We talked about that in my small group. You think about the church today, this is the way I've always done church. I'm a Southern Baptist by heart. And I mean, this is the way we've always done church. You come to church, you have a little bit of fellowship, you, you greet everybody. You might go to Sunday school before the church or, or after church. You come in here, you're going to sing two or three songs. You're going to collect an offering. You're going to hear a message, and then you're going to get an invitation. So I, that's all I've ever known. That's all I've ever known. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I really don't. But when he talks about God's design for the early church, the focus was really on just the Bible and prayer. And that should not change regardless of whether you're in an underground church in a foreign country or whether you're in a church right here in America. And so then he talks about and he compares it to, and I think he, 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 he kind of relates it to the commercialization of the church. And I think in a lot of ways he's, he's spot on. I think there are a lot of entities and churches out there where, you know, they have kind of commercialized the church. They, you know, they've got these big ornate stages. They've got all these, you know, these lights and fog machines and all this stuff. And, you know, they've got these elegant speakers, unlike myself. They've got, you know, all these things. And so what we do is we're trying to draw people in. We want them to be in here because, you know, we... we we want to grow the church, but really it's about the numbers and just having people to come in. And so a lot of times what happens is the things that are the most important aren't always the most important. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about this building because this is just a building. It can be anything it wants. So when I reference the church, I'm talking about you and I as Christians. We are the church. And so when we think about the things that are important, he says, when you think about the church, is God enough? So let's just say we remove all of this. We don't have worship. We don't have music. We don't have Wednesday night meals. We don't have coffee and donuts and those wonderful little cheese round things. Gosh, those are so good. I limit myself to two. I've got to be careful. But anyway, if all we had is what he refers to is God and the Bible. Would that be enough? Could that draw us in? And I think about that, and I think about, you know, sometimes, yes, we do, we do, we do read Scripture. Yes, we do pray. 
but is it in true reverence and awe of God or is it us just going through the motions because that's just what we do. That's what we're used to. So that's something I thought about. Uh, would the pure gospel be enough to put you in a place of all? Let me just tell you, folks, this is God's spoken word. It is infallible. It is true from front to back. And I heard a, you know, I heard a, a, a pastor tell a story one time. He said, you know, he had a person that told him, he said, you know, this is God's word. Man, God said it. I believe it, and that settles it. And he said, nope. He said, this is God's word. God said it. That settles it, whether we believe it or not. And I believe that. And so, you know, we need to be more mindful of what God's word says because it is true and it settles it for us, right? So when we think about church, I'm thankful that we have a church that we come to. And I do think it's genuine. I think it's authentic worship. I really do. I don't think we're all about pageantry and all of that stuff. I mean, we, we come up here and I really think we do focus on God and really wanting to honor him with our worship and with our praise. So when I think about that, I put, don't just go through the motions while attending church. First of all, we need to attend with a purpose. What is your purpose for being here? It's, I hope it's not for the cheddar rounds. You can go through pals and get those. You don't have to come here for that. Of course, they're free, I guess, so maybe that's your, that's, maybe that's what you want. But, I mean, you know, uh, we have a lot of programs. We have a great kids program. We have all that. But you know what? It's got to be more than just that. It really does. It has to be just more than that. There's other ways to get child care. You can do some different things. So don't, don't just come, don't show up. Just attend with a purpose. And attend with a focus on God. You know, I'm guilty. There's, there's mornings where I'm not really into the music. Every song that we sing, maybe it's new, and I just haven't had a chance to, to, to really, you know, sing the song and, 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 and learn it. And so, you know, I mean, I'm human, right? So there's times when it's like, hey, that's just not my song. But hey, that one is. But you know what? Again, I'm making it about who? I'm making it about me, and it doesn't need to be about me. If I'm in a true spirit of worship, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to be praising God. I'm just going to be getting zoned in on Him. So we need to attend with a focus on God and attend to worship. That's what we're here for, right? If we've come for any other reason, then, we, again, we've missed it. We should be here to worship. God is good, and if we believe that, then that's what we should be doing. We should be here to worship him. So focus on the things that please God the most, and then be in awe of God, more of God and less of self. And, you know, that's what Francis Chan talks about with the commercialism and the you know, he talks about how churches today have made it more about people instead of making it about God. We, we want you here. We do. We need people. But, man, I'll tell you right now, we need more people that have a heart for God and a focus on God. So let me challenge you with this. Uh, you know, being all, more God, less self. And it talks about here, he, he had a couple of quotes that I thought were really good. Gathering with the church should lead us to holy ground. Folks, this is it. This is holy ground right here. We're standing on holy ground. We are in the presence of Almighty God tonight. We don't see him, but I can feel his presence. So we know he's here. So this is holy ground. We should be reverent and we should be respectful. And we should be coming with, uh, uh, you know, uh, a heart of worship. So my challenge for, for being sacred is make God's word in church a priority this year. I think church has become less and less of a priority. 
and we found that to be true in our own lives. You know what? One of the things that, you know, church and Sundays used to be protected. Man, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go out to eat on Sundays because there wasn't any restaurants open. You couldn't go shop because stores were closed. Why? They may not believe in God. They may not, you know, necessarily promote it, but, hey, they at least respected it. And so they closed it up and you didn't do it. There used to be a time when you didn't play sports on Wednesday nights because that was reserved for what? For church. Now, I'm not knocking sports, and if you're a coach in here, you're like, dude, he's on me. No, I'm not, because we, we are victim of it, too. Our boys played sports, and we missed a lot of time in church because of going to sporting events. Now, we tried to, you know, play it up. We had a person on our thing. We'd do some devotions in the morning, but, I mean, that was just, I mean, that, yeah, it was good. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't the same as being in God's house, worshiping with other believers. So just let me just encourage you through this year to make God's word and church priority this year. Why? Because love God. That's what we should be about, first and foremost. That comes first. None of this else can happen without this right here. So I want to challenge you in this new year as a church, as an individual and as a collective body, to focus more and love God more this year. The second one was servant. And so I just kind of put here, quit sitting on the sidelines, get in the game. And so he talks about in the book how more people come to church to be served than to serve. And I think we want to come to church to be fed. We want things that the church has to offer but that should not be our driving force. We also need to come to serve, serve others. And that doesn't necessarily mean just by greeting people at the door, helping with the breakfast. Ask me those questions if you're, you know, if you have a question about something. Those things are important, but you need to also be about looking for ways to serve the church. So it says, the Bible tells us that every member of the body has a gift necessary to the functioning of the church. And yet, there was a statistic that's been put out. I can't confirm it. I'm just going to, and it may just be a funny saying, I don't know, that 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And I bet if we really stopped and looked around and you put people in place of where the service is, I bet you're going to see the same people serving in multiple areas because that's just what they do. So 10% of the people are doing 90% of the work. But you know what it says again, that the Bible tells us that every member of the body has a gift necessary to the functioning of the church. And so Jesus is the, he's, he's the greatest example of servitude. It says the Son of Man, in Matthew 20, 28, says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We have the greatest example of, of, of servant of a servant's heart in, G in Jesus. And so who are we to think that Jesus can come and serve as, as God in the flesh, but yet we're not willing to do our part? I think that's, that's something that we really need to think about. Uh, it says be servants and not just consumers. Don't just come to get what you can get, okay? Don't come to get just what you can get says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility 
Count others more significant than yourselves. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. That's in Philippians 2, 3, and 4. So God commands us, God tells us, hey, put others before yourself. And I really think if we get into a habit of doing that, love people, then we begin to see a great change in the life of this church in this congregation and that is going to expand out into the world where we already do a great job of loving people outside the walls of this church but we need to continue to do that and we need to love with each other with inside the walls of the church and it says look for ways to serve God and others the world needs to see Christians as different can the world tell a difference we've been set apart and so you know what whether we like it or not People are watching. When you, when, you, when you identify yourself as a Christian, then people begin to watch. They want to they see what you're about. And you know what? Sometimes I don't think that they can see the difference between Christians and the world. They, they don't know what the difference is. That's because we've not shown them that. And so as an individual, I need to work on being more Christ-like. I need to, and, and you know, that's, that's what my, my goal is, is to be more Christ-like. I want others to see. I may be the only Jesus somebody sees. And so that way, you know what? If I'm living my life, I want people to know that, hey, man, there's something different about that guy. What is it? What is it that's going on in his life? Man, he's, he's you know, he's not all well put together. But, man, he seems, to, he seems to have something that's a little bit different. So God has set us apart, so we need to be mindful of that. And it says, in everything I did... I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is better to give than receive. And so I want us to be thinking about that in the year ahead. And the challenge is to look for ways to get plugged in this year. Honor God by serving the church and others. So that is a plug. If you're not invested somewhere, there are opportunities for you to get plugged in. Am I right, Dallas? There are places. Don't keep running. Spiritually, you will not get in shape. This, this, this is it. I'm sorry. He's just not. So quit running. Submit. Obey. It's about obedience. It's about saying, God, you know what? You've been, you've been talking to me about getting more plugged in. You've been talking to me about doing this. Uh, it, it's time that I just go ahead and, and do what you've asked me to do. All right, so let's be thinking about that. And the last one is make disciples. And that one just worked out, make disciples. And so I think sometimes as Christians, when we hear that word, we think about making disciples. We sometimes think that it is whose who's responsibility to make disciples. Who's supposed to make disciples? Who? No, that's what we sometimes think, isn't it? Well, that's the preacher's job to make disciples. You know, I'm inviting these people to church, telling them we got free bow rounds or cheddar rounds or whatever it is. Man, you need to come to our church. We do all these fun things. Man, so then we leave it on Dallas's shoulder or the church leadership's shoulders, and, man, we think that they're supposed to be the ones making disciples. Boy, I'm about ready to shake your apple tree right here. It says, or, or Francis Chan reminds us, that no one 
is called to be constantly fed without leading and feeding others. It is not just Dallas's job. It is not just the church leadership's job to make disciples. You and I have a part in that. He goes on to say, contrary to popular belief, we are all called to pastor. And that's a word that simply means shepherd. So it is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to make disciples. God has called you to work to the work of making disciples. And so he gave some examples, and we've seen these in the church before. I've been in churches where this, this was a part of the practice. Older women shepherding younger women, being a mentor. Older men mentoring younger men. Newlyweds being mentored by seasoned couples that have been married for a long time. What is that? That's shepherding. That is making disciples as we invest in them and we impart godly wisdom. Then they will hopefully grow in their relationship, not only with each other, but with God. And so it is our role to do that. And, you know, what does it say in Matthew 28, 19 through 20? We've all heard it. This is, this is the whole crux of the Christian faith. What does it say? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is the Great Commission. That is a command. That comes straight from the Bible. That didn't just come to pastors. God didn't just give that to pastors. He didn't just give that to church leadership. He gave that to each and every one of us. So we need to be about the business of making disciples. Now, how can we do that? First of all, you can share your faith. You don't have to say a word. You can just live a life that honors God and that other people see that. Share your testimony. Man, I can remember a time... You get saved, people wanted to just shout from the rooftops. Now it's like, man, we get saved, we don't know anybody to know. Well, I got mine, you go get yours. I don't want to tell you, man. I ain't, you know. We shouldn't be about that. We should be so excited about sharing our faith. There's not anybody in here that I'm looking at that can't tell me that, man, God's not done something great in your life. And God's not got you through something. God's not provided for you. Man, Sam and Jay Nail and I were talking as we were getting ready to go on the line. We're talking about retirement. I don't know why they're bringing that up. They know I'm not old enough. That just hurt my feelings. But it's okay. I'll get through it. But, you know, and, and he, he, he shared with me how God had provided. So, you know what? There's nobody in here that can't share a testimony or something that God's doing in your life. Why? Because that's going to help make disciples. That's going to show people that what we have is worth having. Lead by example. People are watching. Walk the talk. What would the church look like if we were the same throughout the week as we were on Sundays? Woo, have you ever thought about that? Golly, what if I was the same guy on Thursday that I was on Sunday? Man, if we just worked on that, that'd make a big difference, wouldn't it? I know how it happens, though. I'm not judging anybody. I'm guilty. Man, you come in here, you got a heart for worship. Man, God touches you, and you're really, you're really on fire. Man, you walk out the door. 
And if you're Chris Feather, somebody cuts you off and you already forgot about what happened to church because you're already on that person. I, I got road rage, I'll admit it. First step to getting recovery is admitting you got a problem, I think is what they say. So I do, pray for me on road rage. Don't ever get in front of me like that. Put your brakes on. Don't do it. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where life happens. The devil doesn't want you to be excited. The devil doesn't want you to carry that out of here. So he's waiting on you at the back door. He's going to stick his foot out and try to trip you, smack you in the back of the head as he comes by. He's going to do something to get your mind off of it. And, man, what do we do? We just fall right into it. Before you know it, we get in the car, and we don't even remember being at church. I've quizzed my family before. Hey, what, what, what did we talk about at church today? Uh, 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 well, uh, we read the Bible. Well, that was good. That's, that's important. I think we prayed. I think we prayed maybe twice. But they couldn't tell me. And I'm guilty, too, because why? We're here. We're lost in thought. Everything's clouding our mind. And so we get lost in it, and it's easy to do. But, friends, we've got to, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. And so my challenge for this is, as Christians, we have been set apart. Live a life that is worth duplicating. So in the end, what does it all boil down to? Love God with all your heart. God is good. Even in the struggles of life, everything that's going on doesn't matter. God is good. Love people. I had a chance to, you know, I just, man, when God opens the door, I just take it. I'm probably going to get fired one day, but that's okay. He, it's, it's part of his plan, I guess. And so I'm talking to some guys in our maintenance department, and I value those men, and I know them by name, and I call them by name because I think it's important, right? But there's a, one of them said this, and I'm not tooting my own horn. It's all about God, okay? Nothing about me up here. And he said, man, you know what? You're just, you're, you, you've been always the same, whether you was a teacher, whether you was an administrator. I got my doctorate, woo-hoo, no big deal. But anyway, he said, even then, he said, you've always been the same. I said, man, God first loved me, so I love people. I do, I love people. I love every one of you, I really do, and I don't even know most of you. But I love you. I love you because Christ loves me, and he allows me to love you through him. So I love you. And then make disciples. It is every one of our jobs to do that. It's not just Dallas or the church leadership. We all have a role in that. So I encourage you this year as we as we embark, and I think if we really focus on that and we begin to see some improvements there, I really believe it changes us as a person, and I know it will change us as a, as a church body. All right? So that's all I have. That's it. Sorry. It is what it is. Right? Can't take it back. But let's go ahead and pray, and then worship team, you can come up, do your thing. They're going to be a lot better than I am, but that's okay. Let's pray. God, you're good. And God, I know that I didn't do a great job here tonight, but I know that if we were truly here, focused in on you, and Lord, we have our open heart, and we listen, Father, that it was something that we can take away from tonight. And so, God, I just pray, too, as, a, as an individual Christian and as a church body, that as we go through this new calendar year, that, Lord, we would just understand the sacredness of church, being in your word, studying your word, knowing more about you. Father, being prayerful, take all of our needs and our, and our, our, our desires to you, Father, 
but with a focus on you, not just on ourselves. Lord, we just love you, and, and we just want to continue to, to be a people that loves God. God, help us to love others. Lord, help us to look for ways to serve, whether it be in, in our own individual lives or as a church, as a collective group. Lord, just help us to find ways to serve, to love others the way that you've loved us and do that through serving. And also, Father, just look for ways to disciple others. Lord, as we disciple them and as they grow in their faith, Father, that just strengthens your kingdom. And, Lord, we just ask all that, uh, that, that we accomplish and all that we do, Father, that you would get the glory and honor for it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.